Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Who's team? There we go. Let's jump into it. We we talked a little bit about it uh, during what's trending. Andrew Mason doing a great job out at the Super Bowl. I'm sure you'll run into him at some point, Mark. And he was talking to Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan believes uh, that Russell Wilson still is a good quarterback. Um, so his quote, Russ can still play. At least in my opinion, there's no doubt about that. So it still comes back to this question that's still kind of lingering out there for some folks. If you got to pay the guy, if you got to pay him, and you're looking at an $85 million dead money hit, if he can still play, and even you said earlier he can still play, why not in the short term try to make it work with Sean and Russ? Well, I mean, what's your definition of can he still play? Can he still move around? Can he still make throws? Yeah. But is he going to play in the context of the offense? Probably not. And so, yeah, if you want to have an off-schedule offense and a dude that's going to run around and take 50 sacks but, you know, make some plays and, you know, I mean, again, it, it depends on what you want. Why would you keep him? Because you're not going anywhere. You're not going to be able to, you don't have a good enough team to overcome the deficiencies of him playing quarterback. He didn't say, he, he, Matt Ryan didn't say that he was good or that he was a, you know, a great orchestrator of offense or whatever. He said he could play. But what do yeah, you, he can. What, what's your definition? Give me a, a win-loss record if you have a quarterback that can still play. What does that mean? Well, how good is your team? Like, I know what you're saying, so, but, but, but the general tier, if you're doing different tiers of quarterbacks, if you describe a quarterback as, hey, that guy can still play, I mean, what does that sound like to you? Is that a is that a six-win, six-to-seven-win quarterback? Is that a yeah, eight-to-nine-win quarterback, a, double like digits? A, like a 500 guy. Okay. Yeah, he can, he can play. You know, he can play. Now, to get over the top, you've got to, like, there's just so many things you have to do well. Like, he is not going to be... He's not going to elevate you. Now, if you're close in the games because you played really well and he scrambles around and makes a few plays, well, you know, I mean, it's kind of like what they did in Seattle, and he won a lot of games, a lot of those games, a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks and all that stuff because he can scramble around and make a lot of plays. He, he can do that, um, but it's hard. It's just hard to, it's hard to win that way. In the NFL, see the, the for the folks that believe, hey, you got to try to make it work w- with Russ, and the two have to find a common ground. That's not why you hired Sean. You you didn't hire Sean Payton, trade for him, give up mm-hmm. a lot to get him, pay him a huge salary, to have him come here and not be the kind of coach he was for those fifteen years in New Orleans. That's why you traded for him. That's why you're paying him is be based on what he did in New Orleans. So he, right. you're. He should be allowed to, and certainly because of what you gave up to get him, you're paying for 
what he is comfortable with. Not you're paying him all that to yeah. go out and step outside of his comfort zone and somehow reinvent himself as a coach. That's, uh, not, what, that's not what you're paying Mike, him for. Mike, the other thing is, the other thing is just a fear-mongering over the cap hit. That, oh, you'll you'll never be able to field the team. I, I present to you Exhibit A, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You'll, that, because that's they, they were in a worse cap situation last year than the Broncos are going into this year. Well, four of the five worst cap-strapped teams in the NFL this year made the playoffs. Yeah, and so the whole, well, we just, we're already paying them, so let's just pay them and keep them, is such a, it, 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 it is such a position of fear, knock-kneed, you know, tinkling down your leg way to, way to approach this game. Guys, not, you're not winning a championship. If, the cha- if championships are, are the goal, if, if Mr. Bowen's legacy, which was championships, if that's the goal, then you have to move on from that guy because you're not winning champion. I don't care how many times he draws Super Bowl trophies on his shoes. He's not winning a championship. Well, how about this one? The possibility. I don't think it'll happen because I don't think Tampa's going to let him go. Uh, plus, I don't think the Broncos could afford him with the, the money they're already set to pay Russ. But Boomer Esiason loves, 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 as he told Andrew Mason, the idea of Baker Mayfield and Sean Payton together. Baker proved that he could do it. You know, Baker's going to be a free agent. Oh, I'd love to see him with Sean Payton. That would be unbelievable. They'd be screaming back and forth at each other. And ben, come on. The NFL needs Baker and Sean Payton together, right? Because Todd Bowles is like, good play. You know what I mean? Come on. They'd be screaming at each other. It'd be great. Man, makes me want to wish that it could happen even more. But it, it's just, it's not going to happen. But do you think Sean wants that? Do you think Sean wants... A quarterback that yells back at him. Because a lot of times he would yell at Russ, and Russ would just have this, like, thousand-yard stare going where he's just like, you know. He, yeah, he was crying inside. Like a karate man. <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was doing, he was pulling his best Paxton Lynch, but he just wasn't crying on the outside, just oh! on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait a minute, do we have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Okay. Yeah. It's like the first uh, 48 hours when Eddie Murphy was in jail. Karate men crying on the inside. We don't show our weaknesses. <laughs> day, th- day 37. Day 37 yeah. of the um, Pax of Lynch smear campaign. Mm. Uh, that'll do it for the DenverSports.com front page. We'll get back to some of the other stories. Good stuff that I want to get to. Uh, some stuff involving the uh, avalanche and uh, other things. But right now, we welcome in, uh, for the last time, the oh, last time this season... Me. Oh, this is the season finale, not the series finale. This is the mm. season finale because he ain't going nowhere. I'll franchise tag him if I have to. Uh, Joel Klatt, presented by Audi Flatirons. Hello, Joel. You franchise tag me. I'm going to demand a trade. <laughs> uh, hey, it's in the collective bargaining agreement. You you guys uh, you uh, guys negotiated. Not my yeah, fault. You, you agreed to this. <laughs> uh, uh, how good. you guys doing? Good, good. How you how you how you feeling? Good. 
right, good. I'm doing really well. Let's go. Hey, hey, Joel, you know, last week uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh was on with Colin Cowherd, and uh, obviously you've seen it and you've heard it, him talking about J.J. McCarthy is going to be the first overall player taken in the draft, and, you know, he's making that prediction. And so Mike, you know, gave me an assignment to go look at some film on him. So I went back and I looked at some stuff, and, and I want your opinion on this because the stuff that I saw, the stuff that caught my eye was a couple of things. One, foot energy in the pocket. I thought he was great in his drops. I thought he was always balanced in the pocket. I thought he had great kind of pocket awareness. And the thing that really kind of blew me away that I didn't really realize because I don't watch a ton of college football was not only his athleticism, his ability to escape the pocket, but his ability to, uh, you know, his ability to be accurate on the run, accurate on the move. And his arm talent is off the charts, I thought, in some of the stuff I watch. So um, that being said, I don't know if you agree with that stuff or not, but I wanted to know more about from a progression passer and getting through progressions, like what what you thought of McCarthy in those scenarios. Yeah. So all of the things you just talked about are, are absolutely right. He is he is very skilled and talented. There's a lot of athleticism there. Um, uses his legs in, in a very smart way. There, there were several times when he would, you know, steal two or three first downs a game with his legs, and and he definitely has the athleticism to to do that. I thought that early in his career, like most young athletic quarterbacks, he used that too often um, and relied on that too much, too heavily. And what I saw as his career developed was a guy that would use that as a last resort. And and when you use that as a last resort that tends to, at least in, in my estimation, put more pressure on the defense because they have to defend the concept for a longer amount of time and, and, and really as a primary versus just trying to defend you and him you in. So that's, that's number one. And then all of the things that you were talking about, you know, his arm talent jumps off the screen. There's no doubt about it. I thought that he developed as his career went on in the last three years, he got much better in terms of progression reading, understand where to go with the football, and and in, in particular, in just a straight drop back sense. Now, there's only really one concern for me, and that is is just number of reps. And even though he played a lot of football, because of the style that Michigan was using, and, and the blueprint, I think, is, is a better you know, way to, to say it, the blueprint that they were utilizing to go win football games, he wasn't asked to do what, like, a Michael Penix was doing or a Caleb Williams was doing or even a Drake May was doing in terms of the number of times he was asked to just drop back and control the game from the pocket. Now, that's two different things because can he do it? Yes. He does have the skills to do it. Did he do it very often? No. In fact, you know, when I go back, it would be, I don't know, four to six times maybe a game where he would be either in the shotgun or under center and have a straight drop back that was not quick game. Okay, so if it's if it's not quick game, then that decision is going. So, so quick game, when I say that, that decision is generally made pre-snap. You know, you know where you're going with the ball, and something has to happen pretty drastic post-snap for you to not go to the primary in the quick game. You're developing your your movement key, your your target, 
based on what the look of the defense is and the ratios of the defense and the leverage of the defense, so on and so forth. So post-snap reads are more difficult. Everybody knows this. Michael Pinnock did this a lot at Washington, reading the field all the way down the field. He would do it 15 to 25 times per game, whereas McCarthy would be doing it four to six times per game. So it's two different conversations to say, like, he didn't do it all that often, or I just don't think he can. I think he absolutely can do it. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Now, will that happen quickly at the NFL level? Maybe, depending on who his coach is and who he's developing with and, and more specifically, you know, what type of offensive line he's playing behind. But he can do it. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's just that we didn't see it all that often at Michigan because of the blueprint that they used to go win the national championship. Busy with Joel Clapp, presented by Audi Flatirons. Joel, as we get into all of this uh, studying of the quarterbacks and, and who might be a good fit uh, for the Broncos, when it comes to these Shrine Games and Senior Bowls and Combines and, and Pro Days, how, when, when you're looking at quarterbacks, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, how much – do these kind of showcases influence you? How do, how do you, what do you look for? What should we all look for when it comes to evaluating these guys? Boy, that's, uh, that's a great question. I think it's hard, <laughs> you know, obviously. Um, well, let me, uh, I'd love to, you know, Mark, uh, jump in on this after if um, you don't mind, because, and maybe this was just a different era because of the way that the game has has changed. But I can only speak to my experience, okay? So I wasn't in one of those all-star games, but I was in rookie mini camps. And generally speaking, the guys that earn the trust of their teammates and the coaching staff the quickest are the ones that can operate the system the quickest. Can you get in and out of the huddle? Can you take a snap? Do you know where to go with the football? You know, can you operate the concepts? And the guys that can go in there and do that and basically run practice efficiently, everyone's like, we want him in the, in the game. And I can tell you by, through experience, the only reason I was able to get a contract with Detroit and New Orleans wasn't because of my talent. It was because I could operate the system. So I went into rookie minicamp, and I was the only quarterback that could actually take us through a team period. Why? Because I could get in and out of the huddle. And I know that has nothing to do with, like, the way you're throwing, the throws you're making, so on and so forth. But I'm telling you, like, that's a big deal once you get to the next, next level and you're trying to practice and you're trying to operate as a team. And the guy that can do that the cleanest generally earns the trust – I, I would say of, of the teammates and the coaches. Um, so those are the guys that I think impress the most. And, and those are not the things that you can actually evaluate as, as a scout on the outside or, or, you know, just watching on TV. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things, Joel is practice is different. Like seven on seven, isn't real. Right. And, and so there are like you evaluate a quarterback in practice, like the, the best evaluator in any practice is one on ones because it's the hardest thing you'll ever do for an offensive and defensive lineman because it's it doesn't really simulate what you get in the game. But as an offensive lineman, if you can block one on ones in a one on one drill, then people will look at you and go that translates because 
we'll, we'll, very rarely will you ever be in a position where you got to have a seven-step drop where you're one-on-one -on -one with a you know a, a, a beast that's a three technique and you know and, and you got turn each way away from you you know that it just doesn't happen very often you know what's interesting as, as you're saying that you know yeah. you're saying that one-on-ones is the hardest thing that you do as an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman right maybe more so an offensive lineman. offense yeah see I, I would argue that the hardest thing that a quarterback does is live 11 on 11 being right. live yeah see I, that's, I totally that's agree the with hardest that. thing that a quarterback has to do see when when a quarterback's in one-on-ones there's no timing seven on seven is easy yeah you know and so there are guys that look great in those settings and this is what I despise about this. People will be like, "Did you see that throw he made in seven on seven or one on one?" It's like, who right. cares? Right. What oh, that that makes no bearing. That's why a guy like Brock Purdy ends up being the last pick in the draft. But during an NFC Championship game, when the defensive tackle wins against the guard and is barreling down on the dude's chin, he stands there like an absolute boss and delivers a beautiful ball across the middle to Debo while he gets absolutely rocked in his teeth. That's hard. Yeah. You know, so that's what's, and this is what's so difficult about a quarterback evaluation. There's no setting in practice or in a combine or in a meeting in a dark room where you can tell if a guy has that in him. Yeah. Good you know what's 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 interesting too is you know I heard a lot of people reporting back from the combine that Bo Nix wasn't great in practice, but you know what the dude I saw play on Saturday in the Senior Bowl looked like he had command, and there are a couple throws he made that I was like, you know, under duress, where I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty damn good, and so it it is one of those things where. It's just a really, it's a really interesting evaluation because I'm 100% with you. Seven on seven is easy unless you're Tim Tebow and you scramble on seven on seven. So <laughs> now let's know, let's which not, I've watched let's, I've watched more than a handful there's, there's of times no while I was for any, practice. No need for any gratuitous uh, cheap <laughs> shots at uh, Timmy. It's just, it um, wasn't cheap. It was just true. Very quickly, very quickly here, Joel. Uh, there, there seems to be, and, and look, if, if lips are moving right now, they're lying. But there, there seems to be some rumblings that Drake May's stock is dropping, while Jaden Daniels is climbing to the point where Daniels now may be review, uh, be uh, regarded as QB two, and may QB three, or maybe even lower. Would would that be a huge mistake for teams to pass on Drake May? I personally think so. Um... You know, I, I, Jaden's a really talented player, but but Drake has something. Ha, Drake has something incredibly special, and and you have to also think of this. Drake didn't go play for a program that was going to be um, w widely better and more talented around him than his opponent, so he's going to be more used to like an NFL environment because he's been playing in an environment where he's had to raise the level of his team, which was more similar to his opponent. Um, I think Drake is incredible. I think it would be a mistake to pass on him, but in, for him, it's probably better because the higher you get drafted, the worse that organization is. Give me an NFL comp. Give me an NFL current NFL QB comp for Drake. Man. He's a better passing Josh Allen. Whoa. 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 <laughs> and by, right, by like better passing, I mean like 
significantly. And still has all the mobility and, and, and size and durability, all that. He's, he's huge. He's right off the farm. He's down to earth. He's athletic, incredible in the pocket. Like, dude's an absolute stud. Any other year outside of a Caleb Williams is due to a slam dunk first pick in the draft. Wow, a heck of an endorsement! Yeah, um, you know, you know, one of the things you said that was interesting to me about about you know JJ McCarthy is depending upon where you get drafted, and I think that is like I think that's one of the kind of dirty secrets. It's it's not only where you get drafted, it's just how you're how you're developed, and in today's NFL, oftentimes you get drafted somewhere where they throw you in and ask you to do things you can't do. You know, you're not yeah. ready to do. And I always, I always yeah, say, Justin like, Fields in Chicago. Like right. Chicago's ruined. Times that happens to a kid in in the NFL that essentially could be a great player that never amounts to much and becomes a bust because of of the situation he's put in. Yeah, it's, it's it might be happening to Bryce Young right now. Yeah. Uh, final final question. Since this is your last show with us, and I'm I'm sure we might get a chance to to visit with you before the draft, but call your shot right now. Does Sean Payton draft a quarterback in the first round? I think he does. does I think he does. Stay in point or moving I think that there are going to be five guys that people are are comfortable enough drafting in the first round, and and I think Sean's going to take one of them. And if I mm. if I had to be if I had to lay money on it, I think it's going to be Knicks. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> last, ooh, last, last. I cannot wait to hear him say, "Hi, I'm Bo Nix." He doesn't I talk. Love he doesn't for the talk like that. We we heard some Bo Nix last week, Joel. And you're right. He does not sound like Mark wants him to sound like. No. Then no, I then but, I want a different guy. You know what? Then I, I want a different. Guy. It's you know what it is. Mark just loves uh, Bubby Brister so much. Yes, he's That's getting true. Bubby vibes it, it off the of ball. It is true. Bubby, I do have Bo, some Bubby yeah, vibes. yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, final question comes in from one of our textures. Uh, Mark is very fond, increasingly so lately, of talking about everybody letting it eat. Uh, quarterbacks let it eat. Uh, pitchers let it eat. Uh, yeah. Golfers let it eat. Uh, Joel, were you ever a let it eat quarterback? Man, I wasn't talented enough to, to let it eat. I was just <laughs> I was locked into the operation of the system. I tried to let it eat one time. Um, didn't go all that well. And then I became <laughs> like a, hey, let's check it down all the time. And then I told you this story. You know, I, I was like, uh, hey, like, let's protect the football. You know, punt is a good play. Yeah. And so we're in practice in Detroit, and I check the ball down, and I come back feeling confident about myself, and Mike Marks is looking at me, and he's just staring at me. And in and, 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 and some colorful language, he, he asks me, like, why the blank did I do that? And I was like, oh, well, there was two safeties, and I didn't like the eight, you know, like the post route. And... And he looks at me like, as if I'm stupid, as if I just told him the earth is flat. And and he was like, if the safety was any good, he'd be a wide receiver. <laughs> Joe, I've had Let enough conversations. Eat. I've had enough conversations with Mike Martz. I could see his face looking at you right now. Like I could totally picture it. But you have heard 
people use the term let it eat because Mike never heard oh, yeah. let it eat. And I was like, come on. No, dude, in, in baseball, in baseball, I've never heard oh, it sure. as a Pitchers? let it eat type thing. Oh, let it all eat, the time. If you're going to yeah. throw a slider, you better let that thing eat. Well, yeah. You were, you were once a let it eat quarterback, and then you became a... You never go broke taking a profit quarterback. That's right. I love that. Never, don't go never broke met taking a, a profit. That's right. Never met a check down I didn't like. Don't get don't get bored with what works, man. Hey, if that's working for you, then let it eat. Hey, Joel, uh, wait, wait, it, wait. letting it eat for me was was the check down on every play. Love that. Hey, man, you were you've been uh, awesome again. I, I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but uh, it's uh, it's awesome. We love 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 your perspective. Love your humor. Love your stories, uh, everything. So um, thank you again, and we look forward to doing it all again next year. Yeah, man, I, I love being on with you guys. You guys are the best, and uh, I appreciate the, the opportunity every year. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank Joel Clark, presented by Audi Flatirons. There's always a lot to unpack from Joel. We'll do that next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark as I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash stormready. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is just that you're so, you're so big? Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake, big, huge. Lot to unpack from our interview with uh, Joel Klatt. A lot of good hot takes regarding this uh, quarterback class coming out of the draft. Let me just say, uh, Dolly and you, Evans, uh, you both owe me an apology. So, I'll, why? The whole making fun of me for saying "let it eat," and you guys had no idea. I've never, I've never heard it, and ba- I've never heard it. Then, go ahead. I've, go ahead. I've watched hundreds of Drew Goodman broadcast games this, that, over that, the that, years. I don't think about, I've ever I don't, talked about I, I him letting ask. it eat. I didn't ask about Drew Goodman. I just, it's a term. It's a well-known term. And you guys, you and Dolly, owe me an apology. By the way, you you have essentially the same knowledge as Dolly, which bothers me right now. So Maybe Dolly really knows baseball. If you don't know Let It Eat, then you don't know. Okay. okay. Uh, I say, hey, Mike, all right, I know you have a tough time. You're like my wife. I, apologize. <laughs> I accept your apology without you even saying it. I was rude. <laughs> uh, so, Joel, some interesting stuff. So let, let's just kind of recap. He said that he, he shares a lot of your um, enthusiasm, intrigue in J.J. McCarthy. He said his big concern, though, is still has he had enough reps playing quarterback and Mm -hmm. this maybe goes back to what Joel said a few weeks ago about McCarthy that he thinks that JJ would benefit from another year at at college but that's not going to happen he's 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 going in for the draft so is is this a guy that is you could draft him but but do so with the understanding that you may need to bridge him with another quarterback because you don't want to throw him in too early because you could ruin him yeah, well, I think that, you know, I think that 
obviously going into you know being in the right system and giving him you know giving him like giving him the right well not only the right system but the the right kind of the right kind of situation is incredibly important but i think it's that way for every player that comes into the national football league so what i mean is you know you want to be able to you know, to lean into the quick game, which most people do. You want to be able to lean into the run game, the play action stuff off the run game, you know, where you're eliminating half the field, where you're not a full field read type of thing um, and, and not a kind of quote-unquote deep progression passing game. Well, which I would say that, you know, Joel was saying, hey, man, you know, you watch Penix and he ran it all the time, 20, 25 times a game where um, a guy like uh, – you know, J.J. McCarthy was running it six, seven times a game. Well, in the NFL, in the NFL game, I'll give you a for instance. Like, you know, when you talk about San Francisco, um, the straight drop back, you know, deep progression passing game is not really part of their offense, um, in, unless it has to be. So they don't try to they don't try to live in that world for extended periods of time, if you will. So, you know, it really becomes it really becomes one of those things where if you feel like, hey, man, we can run the ball, we can set up our play action, we can use our boot game, we can do all that stuff, and then, you know, we can eliminate, you know, 10, 12 of those a game where we have true drop back, which is how a lot of teams operate in today's game. Like, that would be a, that would be a, a guy draftable, and you just have to manage those, those, you know, parts of the game for him. The uh, most emphatic statement made by Joel during our conversation with him was his belief that Drake May, anybody who passes on Drake May, uh, especially if they take Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May, would be making a colossal mistake. In Joel's opinion, Drake May is a better passing Josh Allen by a wide margin. Right. Now, Josh Allen has become a much better passer in, in the years that he's been in Buffalo, but coming out of college... Remember, yeah, but he's, not, I don't, I don't, he's not comparing Drake May passing now to Josh Allen no, no, passing no, 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 in no. college. It's Josh Allen passing now to Drake May right now. Oh, see, I thought... I, I, I read that differently. I thought he was talking about Josh Allen coming out of college. No, no, completion. no, 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 I think no, you're no, wrong. no, I think you're wrong. So, uh, your time enjoying you being right and me being wrong ended quickly. No, 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 no. I think he's right, he's, he's he's he's, per, he's talking about college to college. Uh, all right, I'll yeah. uh, I'll be right again. I'll, you probably would just let it go if I am right. If I if if I do happen to be wrong, which is doubtful, you will you know you will stand on a little soapbox and you will you know shout out from on high. But if I'm correct, which I am, you probably will just pass it by. We'll see. That's, that's my. We'll that's see. My, we'll see. That's my. We'll that's see. my assessment. And his final uh, big comment was, he said he does believe that Sean is going to take a quarterback in the first round, and that if he had to bet, it would be Bo Nix. Mm. Dude, I would love that Bo Nix. Bo Nix. I just like Bo. I just like. I the know, name. but do you? But do you like him as a player? I do like him as a player. You know, I do like him as, as a player. I mean, and he's got to play right away because he's 30. So, <laughs> isn't he, he's like 26, right? Uh, I don't think he's that old. He is. Dude, he's, he's, he played, I think he just finished his ninth year of college football. <laughs> no, it's not that long. Hold on. 
23. Oh, he's only 23? So he will be, but he will be turning 24 this month. So he'll go, he'll Uh, he'll be playing his age 24 season as a rookie. That's that's okay. that is a little bit older. That doesn't that, that that doesn't bother me. A little bit older, a little bit. Yeah, older. a little. Well, a little older. Here here's the here's the way to look at it. If you're a Bronco fan, if if Sean Payton decides to draft a quarterback, you should uh-huh. feel good about it because he's not going to be drafting a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. Sean right. Payton does not strike me as a guy. He takes his offense w- way too seriously <laughs> to just. Turn it over to a quarterback, okay? Yeah. If, if if Sean is drafting a quarterback, you can feel confident that he believes a couple of things. One, um, that this kid is legit because he's very rarely drafted rookie quarterbacks. You got to go back to uh, was it Grayson Murray when he was at uh, quarterback coming out of CSU, uh, and I think that was a third round pick. So he's never drafted a, a quarterback that high. And right. you would, you would, you could feel Garrett Grayson. Excuse me, where did I get Grayson yeah, Murray Grayson. from? Where did I, I get know. Grayson Murray? Is he a PGA golfer? I think Grayson Murray is actually a PGA yeah. golfer. Uh, you know, you play a little fancy golf every week, right. and uh, these names can kind of confuse you. It doesn't uh, matter. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he, he never amounted to much. But but no, I think it, it, if if you're you're looking at the Broncos, if you're looking at Sean Payton picking quarterback, you can feel good because he strongly believes this guy can be a perfect fit for his offense. And you can also feel strongly that he sees some breeze in him. Yeah. And uh, you know that, what? that's you know, as good that's a good as a, an endorsement as you can get, right? Well here's here's the thing as we as we kind of uh trudge forward step by step into the you know into the off season, so to speak, into the in the what I like to call the procurement stage of the off season. So free agency is going to come around the corner. We're going to find out. Whereas Gary Kubiak would say, we're fixing to find out what the plan is at Dove Valley. And what I mean by that is if you chase hard after a Baker Mayfield or after a Sam Darnold or after, you know, a a guy that, um, you know, was a former high round pick that has the potential to be a starter after a, you know, a, a rehab campaign or whatever, then that diminishes your need to draft a quarterback in the first round. If they just stick with Stidham or maybe get another journeyman quarterback, then they're drafting somebody in the first round. Right? Correct. So we're we're gonna like we're gonna have a an indicator. Based on how they attack free agency, what their plan is in the draft. Good point. Good point. Good point. If they if they go after they Sam go after Darnold, Darnold, if they, if they, they go after Darnold, if they sign a Sam Darnold, if they trade for Mac Jones, yeah, then, then they will. Then I think what they'll do is they'll tur- they'll they'll drop back in the draft. So they'll try to find a trade partner, drop back in the draft, and accumulate another draft pick, and then go after a guy at quarterback in the second or third round. That's That would be, if they go after a Darnold or, like you said, trade for a Mac Jones, I believe that's what they'll do. Squishy. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> I would do that. I would. I am so my, – my quarterback plan is, is simple. It's create oh. – Create as as many options as possible. I've always felt this way. Be a quarterback development factory until you yeah. find your guy. And in this case, 
Uh, I would I would keep Stidham. I would sign Darnold. I would trade a mid round pick for um, yeah. Squishy Mac, and then just stay. Mm. I you just know, have at it, guys. Have at it. Best man wins. Let's go. Yeah, and keep the twelfth overall pick to get a real player. I just had a. Uh, I just had a. Like a, an epiphany, like what, what is a Shangri-La, like a Shangri-La. Could you imagine? For me, you know my affinity for like hockey names and things. If they got Squishy and they got Ponix, oh my oh, gosh! Wow. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Joel did say. Joel made a great point. He he thinks that when your affinity for Bo Nix is like subconsciously because you loved Bubby so much. Yeah, Bubby, be Bo, a, Bubby Brister, Bo Nix. You know, is there a kind of a yeah subconsciously? Hey, Bo. That's what Bubby used to say all the time coming home. Hey, Bo. <laughs> so, Bo. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, why don't we call that purple? <laughs> Damn, cool. <laughs> we call that purple. Purple one one. Purple one one. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, uh, we have Mark out in the city of Las Vegas. He's on the scene in Vegas. And uh I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask the question. As a fan out there, as a football fan, mm-hmm. what are the ideal, if you can only pick a handful, where should the Super Bowl be played? Who belongs in the rotation? That's next. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. I texted, I texted Clad. I said, uh, point of clarification, we're talking about it right now. When you said May was a better passing Josh Allen, do you mean compared to Allen coming out of Wyoming or Allen now? They wrote me coming out. out. <laughs> I was rooting. I wrote, I wrote, bleep, I took that as now. Mark said I was wrong. Now I, I, gotta, admit, now I gotta admit he was right, damn it. Yeah. And Joel, just, Joel just wrote back, rough. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Good clean stuff. Gosh. I get, you know what? But this is why I have an island. This yeah. is why I have yeah. an island. Yeah. This is why you get to go to Vegas and I don't. Yeah. You know. Dude, I'm serious. If you get on a plane today, mm-hmm. like I said, I got a California king. We'll put a little pillow for between the two of us. <laughs> you could stay. It's a very quaint little yeah. room in the MGM. Yeah, okay, uh, but okay. it's a it's a nice, comfortable bed. It's got good pillows. Aye, aye. It's got one of them long pillows, so that one would oh, go right good. between us. Good, good, good. Go good. right between us. Those aren't pillows. Uh, right. Yeah. You linger. Yeah, yeah. It it, it it's not, I I don't know. I I love covering Super Bowls. I really do, yeah. and I miss being out there, but boy, Vegas is uh Vegas is a whole nother ball game yeah. when it comes to trying to turn around and do a morning show. It just, uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Now nah, you'd make it. The only problem is we would be. Uh, I only have I only have, you know, my Comrex box that I travel with, only has one headset jack, 
So you and I would have to share the mic. We'd be like conjoined twins <laughs> with our heads pressed against oh, one boy. another. Oh, boy. People, right. we, we'd be trending around Radio Row, that's for sure. Look at these yeah. two. Boy, Just they're the close. close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy, they're really good friends. <laughs> so, anyhow. And if I try to if I try to get this other headphone around your head good and point. my head, yeah. it would definitely snap. Yeah, you're right. Can't so, do it. Oh, that cord. The tension in that yeah. cord. Wow. My, oh my goodness, gosh. that my thing gosh. would be that thing. We would need we need high. What they, what's the word? High tensile tensile uh, strength uh, yeah, cable or something. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Uh, all right. All right. So you were right. So he said that Drake May is a much better passing Josh Allen coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now somebody said, I don't buy that. Drake May looks like another Daniel Jones to me. You wash your Hey, listen. Dang. Well, well, first off, Daniel Jones is an incredible athlete with in, an incredible skill set. Like, Daniel Jones would wow you with athleticism and his ability to throw the ball. Like, in shorts and a T-shirt, Daniel Jones may have the best skill set of any quarterback in football. I mean, he's six foot, every bit is six foot five, two. 45 and can flat motor. You know, but that's not, doesn't make you a great football player. Like, if you put him side by side with, I mean, put a list together, he'd blow you away in a, you know, in a quote unquote skills competition. But, you know, that's not, skills competitions are not what football is. It just isn't. On the RonaldSlot.com text line, Regarding my strategy, my plan at quarterback for the offseason, keep Stidham, sign Sam Darnold, trade for Mac Jones. Texter says, ah, yeah, the old, if we collect enough crap, maybe it'll look like a nicer pile of crap QB strategy. Sounds promising. Now, now, wait a minute now. And and believe me, I, like, I love to mock the whole idea that, you know, if you tra- if you pile your pile of trash high enough, somebody will find it inviting. You know, I right. I, I, I I'm somebody that laughs at that. Is you know when you especially with trade deadlines, you know, it always comes up. Hey, listen, if we could trade uh, Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles, and PJ Locke, I think we could get Joe Burrow. You know, I mean that kind of thing. You know, if we pile right. our trash up high enough, you know, then yeah. we can make a really really good deal. So I, I I mock that as well. But in this case, think about think about what you're saying, Texter. Because you're saying what I'm advocating is just piling up crap, and yet I'm talking about two quarterbacks who literally, when they were ready to be drafted, if I had said, hey, go out and draft these guys, you would have been like, yeah, draft Sam Darnold, or yeah, draft Mac Jones. Why do I know that? Because people were saying that back during the time. So mm-hmm. What what what's more silly, my idea of the the so-called pile of crap, or just using a pick on Bo Nix, for example, because or Michael Penix, for example, or J.J. McCarthy, because you know where we could be if you do that. In three years, four years, we or another club could be in a position where they're saying, "Yeah, I don't know if I really buy these quarterbacks that are coming out, but you know who's available as a young free agent, or you could trade for." Bo Nix, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy. Right. It's it's very likely, very possible that the same quarterbacks that you're talking about crap now, that you'd rather draft somebody young and 
you know, with limitless potential, very likely in two or three years will be in the same boat that Darnold and Mac Jones find themselves in. So, yeah, it's it's a seventy percent, seventy five percent failure rate. First round high, first round quarterback, seventy five percent failure rate. But we just keep, you know, we just keep taking them because, you know, I mean, the reason you, you understand the reason guys get elevated, and hell, if one of them hits, you know, and if every year five or six of them are taken, and every year one hits, well, eventually you got, oh, look at, you know, every guy in the, you know, every guy is a first rounder in the playoffs except one. Well, yeah, there's a reason because that's where they draft quarterbacks in the first round. It's, it, it is, it is one of the the faultiest narratives that happens to be out there. And uh, drives me crazy. Drives me absolutely insane. Well, here's here's the olive branch I'll extend to the we got to draft a quarterback crowd. Okay, um, here's no. here's where and and this is this might be difficult because the we got to draft a quarterback crowd might also include some members who don't like Sean Payton. But yet in this case, you're putting your faith in Sean Payton being able to recognize quarterback talent, and from that standpoint. You know me. I'm a stand with Sean guy. I stand with Sean. Mm-hmm. And I- until I see more evidence, I I believe Sean Payton's still the right guy here and, and is the right guy. He's going to be the right guy. He's going to be the guy that returns the Broncos to glory. I feel that way. Uh, so if he decides to draft a quarterback, honestly, whatever direction he decides to go at uh, with, with quarterback this offseason, I'm going to feel good about it. Yeah, I will too. I mean, I, you know, again, I trust him. And, you know, I believe that when he evaluates a guy, like it's not just the guy has arm talent or the guy has, you know, or the guy has athleticism or the guy has, you know, it's not just all these tangible skills. It's, hey, the guy has this, this, and this, and I really believe he fits in what I want to do. And I think for me that's – like that's the big thing because you got to believe you got to believe in the guys that you have right you got to believe in the dude that um, that that kind of takes you there so that that to me is is the biggest thing you can have is if you have a belief in the guy then the odds are that guy is going to have a much better opportunity to have success and you know and and so anyhow um, if he if he decides to draft somebody at twelve then I believe that. You know that Sean has a good feel for what that guy can become with his coaching. There is another, by the way. There's another big reason why, if 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 Sean takes a quarterback in the first round, you can feel really good about that QB. And I'll tell you what that is next.